Welcome to Momentum Church. Well, all right. Good morning, Momentum, and it's it's awesome. I got to tell you, <laughs> where'd Ross go? I'll go tell a story on us. When we when we were when, when I when I hired this young man, were you twenty one? 21 years old. I hired him as my assistant. And the church was running around 250 at the time. And in a heartbeat, we went to a thousand people. We were doing three services. We could barely keep up. Well, we had to do, it was really an old school kind of church. We had to do an annual meeting every year. And I had to produce a report. It was like 12 pages thick. We had to do a finance report and vote on constitution. And it could get really testy. So Ross and I decided we're going to do the annual meeting on the evening of Super Bowl Sunday. And we're going to set up the gym with a big screen and we're going to cook sausages and stuff. And I made sure the back doors were open to the sanctuary and we had fans running. So the sausage smell is permeating the business meeting, didn't we? Didn't we do that? And we knew what time the Super Bowl started. If we didn't have a countdown clock, Jared could have made us one. And um, <laughs> they, got, they got better. Those meetings got better. The, the Bible says, be wise as a serpent and harmless as a... And we, yeah, well, okay. Now I've told the story. You can't do that here, can you? No. Anyway, we are in a series that Pastor Ross started entitled the soundtrack series and um, if you're just getting in on the tail end of this um, it, it is a great series basically the the whole idea of it is is that I have to make sure that I stay on time because pastor Jared everybody look to the back wall you will see go ahead turn around and look that is the clock of death Yeah, and I've got friends watching here this morning, my friends from Mansfield, Ohio. Hi, Miss Mona and everybody there. And my friends from our church in Rogers. Hi, Cheryl and Kabib. That's a nickname. Hi, guys, good to see you. Yeah, we call that Jared's Clock de Muerta. It's the clock of death. And if you notice, it's green now. And later on, right at about 30 minutes, it's gonna turn yellow. Ross does not know this. And at about 40, it's going to turn red. And at about 45, see, the, the, Pastor Corey, my wonderful son, is going to come up at about 30 minutes, and he'll stand at the piano, and the clock's yellow. And, and then he'll start playing softly, and about 35, he plays bigger. And at about 40, it's ZZ Top. You didn't know any of this, did you, Ross? <laughs> he can burn right through all of it. So I'm going to try to stay on schedule. Oh, you, st- Jared, are you back there? Are you back there, Jared? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Is there a fast forward button on that clock? There is not. It went awful fast last service. And I think you started it too early. 
Can I throw the flag? I want to replay on the clock. Personal foul on the sound guy. Okay. So here we are at the soundtrack series. And here's what it's all about. Pastor said, with each of us, there's like this invisible hidden place in our brain that there is a soundtrack. And that soundtrack contains stuff that is condemning. It's full of guilt. It's full of condemnation. It contains all the stupid stuff we've ever done, all the, all the bad things that have happened, all of our insecurities. And that soundtrack at the most unopportune time is going to run itself. And, it's, it's gonna, and, and he gave us a, a recipe for a soundtrack. He said, number one, the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Recipe number two is that that thing is going to be playing in the back of your head. How many of you were here for the first message of the series? Okay. And recipe number three is really confusing. It had something to do with the theme song for Rocky. And Rocky Ross, Rocky Ross. And I can testify, you said a guy named Jeff was singing that? So I, his dad did move him into the hood when he was very young. I can testify. I know the house. And, and he said, Jeff sang that song. And I said this morning, you had Jeff Luttrell in this house, but you have Jeff Franklin. And which Jeff sang the song? Yeah, he's one of my best friends in the whole world. So if you didn't understand the, the Pastor Ross Rocky song, just go to MomentumChurch.tv and You'll find it and it'll make more sense. But now here I am. They've already been at this series for three weeks. I'm, I'm number four. That means Pastor Ross and Pastor Brantley have already stolen all the good stuff. <laughs> and I'm not really sure what my assignment is today. I don't know if I'm supposed to remind them of what you told them. I don't know if I'm supposed to clean up the messes that you guys made. <laughs> I took notes. And I thought, there's nothing left. They have, there's no meat on the bone. These two boys have picked this thing down. And wonderful Pastor Stephanie has rescued me. And I'm going to have her come up in a few minutes. She's going to tell this. But as Pastor introduced this, it's like every one of us, and we can relate to this. There's a soundtrack. You can't do this. I know you. You really are. Whatever. It's like... In my recipe, it's like, how many of you ever do camping? You ever do camping? There's a rule in camping. The hot dog will fall off the stick, right? But the rule is, is you pick it up no matter where it lands, and you, you wipe it off on your jeans, and you eat that hot dog, right? Well, that soundtrack's like that hot dog. It fell off, and there's gravel in it. Well, we're going to eat it. There's, there's leaves in there. There's pine cones, the... The last squirrel that ran through left a contribution to the hot dog. And, oh. But it, that's what the soundtrack is like, and it's there. But Pastor Stephanie at staff meeting, the, the Monday after he introduced the series, in, in a beautiful statement of, I call it innocence and, and, and tender spirit, she said something that, that left me an opening. 
and we're going to get to it. Because I'm going to call this, as we finish up the series, Changing the Channel. Say that with me. Changing the Channel. If you've got that soundtrack, we're going to change the channel. Jesus, I just pray right now. Lord, we are who you say we are. There's a lot of voices telling us otherwise, but God, your opinion counts most. It's better than the devil's opinion. It's, it's better than my own opinion. God, you, you love us a whole lot more than we realize. God, just help us to get that today. In Jesus' name, amen. My family, you guys have got to know Pastor Corey a little bit. We're different. We're just, we're just different. I could tell you tons of story about your worship pastor, but one of my favorite ones is he's about eight years old, and I hear this strange noise coming out of the bathroom, and it sounds like, <laughs> I go, what is going on? And I, and I knocked on the door, and I opened it up, and here he is, he's standing on a stool at the sink, and he's looking in the mirror, I go, what are you doing? And with all the seriousness an eight-year-old can muster, he goes, Dad, I am developing a maniacal laugh. (laughs) Oh, he was serious. He goes, you have to have a maniacal laugh. Okay. I can tell a lot of stories on Pastor Corey. They're $3 a piece. I can tell stories. I knew Amy when she was 15. When they got married, I was standing a foot away because I got to do Pastor Ross and Amy's wedding. I can tell you Jared and Charlotte's stories. When they got married, I was standing a foot away. I got, to, I got a lot of Jared's stories. They're $3 a piece. Jared, for $4, I will not tell them. Are you still there, Jared? I'm here. Okay. All right. So in our family, we've got this strange tradition. My grandfather, pastor talks a lot about his Kentucky heritage, and I have that as well. His, his grandfather was running a still, and I don't know what he was doing, but my grandfather was a fiddler, and we have his fiddle. His, my grandfather was Cassius Montgomery Thomas. Corey is Corey Montgomery, and he named his son Cassius Montgomery Blair. And he was a fiddler, and I used to go down in Southern Kentucky, and occasionally I could go on the radio, and I could hear my grandfather, and he had a three-piece bluegrass band, and I'd hear him on the radio. And I'd listen to him play that fiddle. I have that fiddle. Well, I don't know. I gave it to Cassius Montgomery Blair. He now has that fiddle. It's over 100 years old. But my grandfather had this really, really wonderful, let's... uh, Let's put up the screen on the arrow that I've found in the uh, parking lot. My grandfather had this ability to where whatever was going on, he would be able to sing a couple lines of a song that just fit whatever it was. I mean, if you were cleaning out the doghouse, he'd have a doghouse song. Whatever it was, he had it. What? That was it. No, that's awesome. He is. And, my, and, and I thought that's the coolest thing ever. I want to have a song. I want to be that song guy. And my son, Corey, has picked that up. And, and so the problem is, is you never know when that's going to erupt. This is something 
that I found in our church parking lot right out here. Do you see that arrow? Give, give us a little bit more of a close-up. I saw, what is that at the end of that arrow? What song do you think came flying out of my mouth? Where is my hairbrush? Oh, where is my hairbrush? Oh, where, oh, where, oh, where, oh, where, oh, where, oh, where, oh, where is my hairbrush? You guys did really well. For five points, who sung that song? Larry the Cucumber. See, this, you have an intelligent church, Ross. Now, here's the thing. That song has become my wife's antidote to my singing habit. If I got a song going on, no matter what it is, and I sing it too much, my wife will just put her hands over her ears and start singing, oh, where is my hairbrush? Oh, where? If we, we sold our house, bought a big fifth-wheel camper, and for a year and a half, Terry and I have lived on the road. That means we are together 24-7 for over years. And I, sometimes I'd be in a conversation talking, and while I'm looking at her, she'd look at me and go, oh, where is my hairbrush? Oh, where is my hairbrush? And we found out, how many of you know what an earworm is? That's a real thing. German scientists discovered that in the 1920s. They named it earworm. That's where you get a song in your head and you can't get it out. And the only way you can interrupt that earworm is you have to replace it with another song. And so with Terry and I, the, the earworm replacement song is, Oh, where is my hairbrush? So that's why I sang that. What are you talking about, Pastor? An earworm and a soundtrack are first cousins. That soundtrack that's running in your head that is condemning you, that is accusing you, that is reminding you of the stupid things you did, is replaying something angry and evil that somebody said about you earlier in life, and he just replays it. In Luke chapter 4, when the devil comes to tempt Jesus, it says he tempted him for a while, and listen to this, and then he left waiting for an opportune time. And doesn't the enemy know when to run that thing on you? You can't do that. You'll never do that. You're not a success. And the only way you're going to shut down that soundtrack is you have to replace it with something else. Do you with me? Do you need to sing the hairbrush song again? All right. If I see you nodding off or falling asleep, we will stand you up all by yourself and you'll sing the hairbrush song. All right, let me get my computer woke up. Wake up, wake up. Oh, where did my computer go? Oh, where? All right, stand with me, please. It's tradition here at Momentum that we stand for the reading of the Word of God. I think we have it on the screen. We're going to have it. Here we go. First Thessalonians. God did not set us up for an angry rejection. Aren't you glad? You know, most people that are unchurched do not know that. God didn't set you up for an angry rejection, but for salvation by our master, Jesus Christ. He died for us, a death that triggered life. Whether we're awake with the living or asleep with the dead, we are alive in him. So, 
Speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so that you'll all be together in this. No one left out. No one left behind. I know you're already doing this. Just keep on doing it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Changing the channel. Say it with me. Changing the channel. Five sources for our thoughts. My thoughts are not my own. Number one is God. I know that just seems way too apparent. Can I really boil it down? You need to talk to God. And you want him to talk to you. I think most everybody in this room, people listening online, they're going to agree with, I need to talk to God. How many of you agree with, I need to talk to God? But you may not be aware that you want him to talk to you because he is a talking God. Listen, in, in, in systematic theology, when studying the things of the Bible, the Bible does not say everything every time. And so there's a rule of interpreting scriptures. There's, there's rules that's been developed over thousands of years. You can't all of a sudden show up and give your oddball point of view of scripture. I heard a guy actually say, Genesis 3 says that when God created them, he created them male and female. So you see, Adam was a male and a female at the same time. Really? You'd think after thousands of years of Bible, somebody had pointed that out by now. No. Ah. So there are rules, and it's called hermeneutics. And one of the rules is the rule of first reference. Now stay with me here. The first time something happens or something is mentioned, the rule of first reference is that that becomes the base point and everything else that the Bible says about that builds upon that base. If you're reading and you don't understand something, the answer is Bible interprets Bible. Keep reading it. It will expand on itself. And if you get to the end of the Bible and you still don't understand it, read it again. Because I can promise you, listen, I've been serving God since I was seven years old and I've got a degree in Bible and theology and I was sitting down with the book of Luke this week and I saw something I'd never seen before. Isn't it astounding how that can happen? I mean, really? So the rule of first reference is, does God still talk to people? I mean... In our culture, it's fine if you want to talk to God, but if you're going to say God's talking to you, everybody's going to start backing up. This guy's weird. There's been people try to shoot the president because they said that God told him to do it. That's weird. Let me give you an answer to that. Yep, some guy tried to shoot the president because God told him. Here's the answer. Just because somebody messed it up doesn't mean that everybody messed it up. Almost any accusation against God, the Bible, or the church can be answerable with that answer. Just because somebody messed it up doesn't mean everybody messed it up. All right? Isn't that good news? Look at somebody and say, we're going to sing the hairbrush song. I can tell. 
Oh, where is my hairbrush? Oh, where is my hairbrush? Oh, where, oh, where, oh, where, oh, where, oh, where, oh, where, oh, where is my hairbrush? Okay, you did well. Is everybody online at home? Cheryl, did you and Kabib sing the hairbrush? Okay. You need to expect that God's going to talk to you. The Apostle Paul says, I know this is going to work out according to my earnest expectation. So can I just say to you, look, if you, if you were living on, a, on an island out in the Pacific somewhere and, and you didn't know anything about God or Jesus or nothing, and, and a crate floats up and you break it open and there's a Bible in it, and you go, oh my goodness, this is talking about God. And you turn to page one, Genesis, chapter one, you know what you're going to find in there? You're going to find that 13 times it says these words, and God said. Not only did he say, if you read that chapter, you find he's a God that talks. He's a God that participates. He's a God that's paying attention to detail. He's a God that is personal. And he was that way all through the Old Testament. When Jesus showed up, he said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Jesus talked to us. He was personal. He was involved. He was active. You get into the book of Acts, still Jesus is gone. But God is speaking, talking, involved, Acts. You get all the way through to the book of Revelation, and you get all the way to the last page, and the Spirit of God says, come, be a part. All through that thing, he is a talking, active, personal, detailed God. That's the God you serve. You need to hear from him. Come on. I, I, had, I, grew, up, I grew up in an independent Baptist church. So now I'm not picking on Baptists because uh, what I do with my iced tea? Them Baptists stuck in here and stole my bed. Where'd my iced tea go? Yeah. Thank you, Ross. You are a... None, none of that. I saw my brain on National Geographic the other day. It's a piece of ice floating in the Arctic, and it's full of, of penguins. And a penguin jumps out of the water onto the ice, and on the other side, a penguin falls off. That's my brain. If anything new comes in here, something falls out. That's free. Jared, did you pause the clock for that? I did not. I'm not getting any help. There's no home. Thirteen times in the first chapter, he's talking. Over 320 times, I looked it up. There is some form of, and God said. But when I grew up, Independent Baptist Church, and I'm picking on the Baptists, they were independent because they couldn't get along with the other Baptists. And they told me, and I am grateful for my Baptist heritage because it gave me an incredible respect for the written word of God. It's a good thing that I, was, I had like 15 years, but they said, God doesn't talk to people anymore. You don't need God to talk, you have a Bible. I go, okay, that makes good sense. Anything you need to know about God is in there. I thought, well, that's right. And, and the Bible will tell you what God's thinking. You don't need to hear anything from God because you can't trust that. And then I got to thinking, man, what rotten luck. All through the Old Testament, God's talking. All through the Gospels, God's talking. All through the book of Acts, God's talking. 
all through the epistles. It's explained to us what God's saying. You get the end times, God's talking. I had the dumb luck of being born in that little sliver of time that God's not saying anything. And I had a hunger to hear from God. And then I found out that, man, God, it is a violation of the nature of God to expect him to shut up and sit down. It is a violation of the nature of God to expect him to shut up and sit down. Now, everything you say, if, it, if I've got an idea and it doesn't line up with the Bible, the Bible's not wrong, I'm wrong. But let me tell you this. If you are not experiencing your Bible, you better get started. Now, if your experience is not biblical, you better cut it out. If your experience isn't biblical, cut it out. But if you're not experiencing your Bible... Of our mind. So, in order to change the channels, number one, you need to expect to hear from God. Say amen. Look at somebody. God wants to talk to you. God wants to talk to you. Number two, the devil. And unfortunately, there's another voice in Genesis, and I'm going to make this quick. Genesis 3. The serpent was more cunning than any other animal in the field, which the Lord God had made. Remember rule of first reference? Remember that. It's coming. And the devil said to the woman, has God really said, you shall not eat from the tree of the garden? Did God really say Has God really said, has God really? First reference, what's the first thing the devil says? He is questioning the validity and the integrity and even the very words of what God said. As God said, you know what? It builds on that. He is a thief. He is a liar. He comes to kill, to rob, destroy. He wants to rob you from hearing from God. He wants to destroy what God wants to whisper in your soul. And the only way that you can come against that, if you need to block that thought, you have to replace it with another thought. Hear me now. If you want to hear the whispered word of God, you have to have a great commitment to the written word of God. If you expect to hear the whispered word of God, you got to have a great commitment to the written word of God because that will tell you how God thinks. You'll start to hear. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and the sheep know my voice. The more you read, the more you begin to hear and understand that voice and recognize it. So that's number two. Do you have your Bible with you? How many have your Bible? Let me see it. Okay, there's Bibles all scattered around. Find you a Bible. Do you guys read it out of your phone? Get the phone out. Oh, she's got a Bible. Bless her heart. I'm not surprised. Give me that. I want to borrow your Bible. My soundtrack won't shut up. The devil's lying to me. Hold up your phone and your Bible. You should have one of the two. Let me see it. Let me see it. Let me see it. Let me see it. Jared, are you still there? Still here. Take a picture of everybody that does not have a Bible. <laughs> Do you have a Bible? That, that tape playing in your brain? That, air, that, that earworms in your brain? Here you go. Oh, where is my hairbrush? Sing it. Oh, where is my hairbrush? Oh, where, oh, where, oh, where, oh, where, oh, where, oh, where, oh, where is my hairbrush? It's right there. 
Thank you. All right. Number three, and we're going to, the clock is still green. I'm good. Good. So you got to saturate yourself with your Bible. Number, the next source of these thoughts are, we got God, the, the devil, and, and this one's scary. The next source of that tape is yourself. Myself. I'm on my tape. There's stuff on there that I put there. I want to I want to go to a hymn. I want I want to go to a hymn written by one of the great hymnists in the history of church. This was written by Alicia Moore. How many of you know who Alicia Moore is? My wife cuz she was in the first service. Ross was in the first service and he don't know who Alicia Moore is. I think you know her by her pop name, Pink. How many of you know who Pink is? Oh, okay. Okay, I don't know anything about her life, her history, her theology. She does have a colorful vocabulary. Watch, watch out for that. But she did the greatest song. I saw a quote by her mother. She said when she was very young, she began to journal and write songs. And she said, at age 15, I began reading some of her songs, and they were very dark. But this woman is has had hard life experiences and she so beautifully funnels them into music. And, and she wrote a song entitled, Don't Let Me Get Me. How many of you know this song? Two of you, you were in the first service. <laughs> Don't let me get me. It's a great song. Let me, let me give, can I give you the lyrics? How many vote yes? Jared is taking pictures. How many vote no? Overruled. Here's it. Here it is. Don't let me get me. Every day I fight a war against the mirror. I can't take the person staring back at me. I'm a hazard to myself. Don't let me get me. Don't you love that? Don't let me get me. I'm my own worst enemy. It's bad when you annoy yourself. So irritating. I don't want to be my friend no more. I want to be somebody else. I want to be somebody else. Isn't that great writing? Have you felt that way? Don't let me get me. It occurred to me, if we could stand her next to Jesus, he would have a thought on every one of those lines. She would say, every day I fight a war against the mirror. I can't take the person staring back at me. Jesus would say, I, I, I see that. I see that. She'd say, I'm a hazard to myself. And he would say, yes, honey, you are. You really are. Don't let me get me. Jesus would say, I won't. I've got you. I've got you. She'd say, I'm my own worst enemy. Jesus would say, I'd like to be your best friend. She'd say, it's bad when you annoy yourself, so irritating. Jesus would say, you don't irritate me. She'd say, don't want to be my friend no more. Jesus would say, I do. She'd say, I want to be somebody else. Jesus said, I can make that happen. Yes. And she says it again, I want to be somebody else. He goes, you can, we call it being born again. 
Number three way to shut down that soundtrack, clog up that earworm. Number three ways, begin to take this born again thing seriously. Devil, that's not who I am. That's who I was, but that's not who I am. Yeah, but that was this morning. Well, that's not now. I found I stopped saying, I'm going to live my whole life doing blah, blah, blah. If the devil starts tempting me, I just say, not now. Maybe this afternoon. I'll probably fail this evening, but I'm not going to fail right now. And that works. It works. I, uh, not right now. I can't promise I'm going to be faithful for 30 years. I ain't going to mess up now. All right, moving on. Fourth one that comes into our mind, our culture. I, I don't, I'm not going to take time for that. But I've got to tell you something, people. No matter which end of the political spectrum you're on, you need to stop listening to complaint radio and complaint television. If you're a conservative, you can spend your whole day. You can listen to Glenn Beck for three hours and EIB for three hours and John Handy for three hours. And none of it's going to feed your spirit and make you joyful in the Lord. If you're, if you're, if you're on the other end, a left end of thing, you can listen to CNN and watch The View. And it's not going to help your spirit at all. If you want to start changing your attitude, shut off, even if you agree with the fundamental positions of either side. Listening all day to complaint, angry, upset political view is going to mess you up. I can't fix the Minneapolis Police Department. I can't fix anybody inside the circle in Washington, D.C. And I have an opinion on the border, but I can't get down there and fix it. One of the greatest things about living in that camper, we went from a three-bedroom house with a basement and two-car garage, and we bought a really nice camper, but compared to the house, it was a soup can. And we got a pass to national and state parks, and sometimes when we would go into these national parks, we are offline for two weeks at a time. We can't even get cell phones. And you know the thing that the TV's yelling and whining and complaining and crying about? I come out of the woods two weeks later and they're still whining and complaining about the same thing. And it never made its way to my little soup can. So why am I burning all my energy about this? You got a God in heaven that knows your name. He knows how many hairs on your head. More than that, he's got them numbered. Caleb, if I were to reach down there and just pull a hair out of your head, God would not only know how many you got left, and you're young, you got a lot of hair left. <laughs> he, would know, he would know what number I just pulled. Okay. We're not going to sing the hairbrush song yet. If you're going to change a channel on what culture has to say, just stop it. Let them rant. Leave it alone. And finally, I want, I want to go to this. The last place, and, and, and I'm still admit, oh no, the, the numbers went from green to yellow. Jared has a paintball gun. Corey's getting the ZZ Top song ready. I must stay. We've got to beat the Baptist to the restaurants, and it's 10 till 12. When we were on the road, we went to church every Sunday. My favorite was the black churches. 
You don't have to worry about beating them to the restaurant. They are in no hurry. But them Methodists are already there. The views and the opinions of this sermon do not necessarily represent the leadership of Momentum Church. What was I talking about? Number five, thank you. That's my lovely wife. True story, I had a lieutenant from the Mansfield Police Department get on handcuffs, and I came this close to having her arrested on the front row on a Sunday morning. The reason I didn't do it is my granddaughters were sitting over here, and I thought, I'm going to terrorize them. They'll be in counseling all their life. <laughs> Miss Stephanie, where is Miss Stephanie? Is she in the building? There she comes. <laughs> Stephanie! We're going to close this thing out. We got God's viewpoint, got the devil's viewpoint, got culture viewpoint, we got our own viewpoint. But what we want to do on our last point is Stephanie said the most beautiful thing at staff meeting after Pastor Ross introduced this. It had, it had an innocence and a deep spiritual purity to what you said that was so beautiful. And, and, and I, want, I want you to share what you said in yeah. staff meeting. So we were um, in staff meeting, and as, as it ended and everyone was kind of dispersing, I looked at Pastor Ross and I said, man, that was such a good sermon. And I felt like it was so applicable. It, like, it seemed like it hit home with so many people. But I was just like, I did not connect with it. <laughs> um, and I realized it's because the soundtrack in my head was my voice was not the loudest. It was the voice of people in my life who, who loved me and who had invested in me. It was a mom who told me that I could do anything. It was people as a, a teenager, um, family, friends, youth pastors who said, man, Stephanie, you can change the world. And I was crazy enough that I, that I listened to them and I believed them. And that carried me into you know, even into adulthood, you know, as I was a young adult and a pastor said, yeah, Stephanie, you can do ministry. Like, it doesn't matter that you have, you don't know what you're doing. No, but I, I kind of developed this, this, um, this soundtrack in my mind that what, what God thinks about me and how he created me. And that's, that's worthy. You know, this idea that we have a soundtrack that, that you're worthless, you don't have value. Like that's never been my soundtrack not because it, of me, but because of what other people have said about me and the foundation that it's laid in my life. How many of you want Stephanie's soundtrack in your head? I'll trade mine in right now. We're going to give Stephanie an Indian name. You know, the Indian, they would earn that name, like, like Chief Sitting Bull. If you see a sitting bull, you don't want to get him up. Sitting Bull was such a warrior. If he got up, you were in trouble. We're going to start naming Stephanie the glue. She is the glue that holds humanity together. You need to pray for this child. She has to work with Ross Weissman's brain. No, it gets worse. She has to work with Corey Blair's brain. And Pastor, Bradley, Pastor Brantley's brain. And even Jared's brain. Are you still there, Jared? I'm still here. Okay. <laughs> Seven is beautiful. Thank you, dear. Thank you. I love Momentum Church. 
three years before we retired, my wife said, I want us to be in Momentum Church. Not I want to be in Woodstock. Not I want to be with my family. I want to be in Momentum Church. And um, Pastor Ross is my single most favorite preacher on the planet. And I say that not because I'm on his platform and I hope he gives me another chance. (laughs) Sort of. I say that because years ago when he was 21 years old, I announced to the world, this man is brilliance wrapped in a goofy bag. (laughs) And he is, isn't he? He could stand here and say the most profound things that just blow me away. Like, I've never heard that before. Oh, my gosh. And, and the brilliance. You realize he was the extension student of the year for the whole nation for Oral Roberts University. Did you know that? He probably didn't let that out, but he was. But he'll, stay, he'll say something brilliant, and then the next moment, he's going to say the goofiest thing and just laugh at himself. And we all laugh with him. He's just so real. I love this church. Listen, what's the whole point with Stephanie's soundtrack? You are on her soundtrack. Every person you meet, you have your own soundtrack, but you're getting ready to make a recording on their soundtrack. Stephanie gave me this when I first came to Momentum about a year ago. It's, it's a Momentum shirt. What's that say? Now, if I'm wearing that and I'm walking up to you in the hallway, you're going to go, okay, this might be good. <laughs> right? And the Bible says that the gospel is what? Hurry it up, people. The, letter, the numbers are red back there. Look, everybody turn around and look. It's red. I got to hurry it up. It reached the point Jared hits the exit button and I just, a trap door opens, I'm gone. When people come to you, they should be good. Jared, are you still there? I'm still here. Yes or no, Jared, are you wearing a shirt? Yes. We are grateful for that. Yes or no, does your wife check your wardrobe every morning to make sure? No. Oh, I'm surprised. Does your daughter check your wardrobe every morning? No. Okay, well, I'm good. Jared, are you wearing a t-shirt? Yes. Does that t-shirt have writing on it? Yes. I hear the music. No ZZ Top yet. You just chill. I'll tell the story on you. Yes or no? Jared, will you share with us what your shirt says? Yes. Okay. How many of you want to know? How many of you don't care? Let's get to the restaurant. She scratched her neck, right? <laughs> How many of you don't care? Jared, share with us. What does your t-shirt say? Be kind. Be kind. If you want to heal your soundtrack, be a person that is healing other people's soundtrack. It's easy to tell them what's wrong. It's easy to complain. Anybody can do that. The Bible says build one another up. Build up faith. Build up hope. The Bible says God has not destined you to fail, but to succeed. 
if Miss Alicia Moore, Pink, were to come here and decide she's going to cut her next album at this church, it's going to have her picture on it. Because that's who we're paying to hear, right? There's going to be a drummer on there. We got a great drummer. What's his name? Clay. Clay is a great drummer. In the first service, Pastor Ross and I both stopped worshiping and was watching Clay. It was that great. But Clay's not getting his picture on the front. But he's on the soundtrack. He's all over the soundtrack. Tom on the bass. We're definitely not putting Tom's picture on the front of the album. He can make the fireman's calendar, but he ain't got, no, so good, no. No, who said that? Is Stephanie still in the room? Oh, oh there she is. Don't tell him I said that. But he's all over that soundtrack. And, and Ian with his new haircuts all over that soundtrack. And Corey's all over it. They're not on the front cover. You don't know, but without them, there is no soundtrack. And all of that goes through the fingers of one person. It's the producer engineer. Because they decide how much clay we have, how much Tom we have, how much Corey we have. And friends, God says you are to set your mind on the things of the Spirit. For he who walks in the flesh sets their mind on the things of the flesh. But he who walks in the Spirit sets his mind. God has given you the ability to make a decision and move that thing and set it. And we need to set our mind on the things of the Spirit. And then we can stop singing the stupid hairbrush song. Because now God has filled our thoughts and thoughts. Amen. I just put your hand up. I want to play a blessing of you. Father, may you stir within every hand. If you're watching online, get that hand up. Get it up. God, may every hand raised, may you stir within them a hunger and a desire to hear from their creator God. And Lord, when you begin to whisper, may they begin to learn deeper and deeper that God is talking to me. We shut off the soundtrack. We change the channel. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.